we have been kind of working through this now for several weeks. Uh, your handout notes, again, we got those handout notes all around and uh, looking at the shoes, but on the screen behind me, you also see this as well. And the handout notes on the screen kind of give you a quick review of where we've been. Um, this is the seven realities of experiencing God, knowing and discovering and doing God's will. Okay, that's what we're really kind of hammering here. And, um, and so seven realities, so you might call this, might call this seven truths, seven biblical truths to knowing and doing God's will. Number one is that you see God's work. That we, 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 what we're saying is that we've got to believe that God is at work all around us. He's at work. And uh, we've got to come to that realization, that truth, that, um, that God is at work. Then the second truth that we need to understand is that God desires a, a deepening relationship with each and every one of you. If you want to know God's will, you've got to, you've got to be close to the shepherd. You've got to follow the shepherd. You've got to be in a relationship with the shepherd, number one. And then you've got to continue to grow in your relationship, you know, and you follow Jesus. And as you follow him, the closer you are to Jesus, the, the, the more that you understand what God wants you to do. And then last week, we see the word invitation. And the word invitation means that God is, you know, as we draw closer to him, and as we understand that God's at work all around us, that he's inviting you, he's inviting me to join him in his work. And you see, knowing and doing God's work is not a five-year, ten-year plan. That, that's how, sometimes we think that, you know, I don't know what God wants me to be in ten years from now. I don't know where God wants me to be at 10 years from now, you know? But I do know, and we can know what God wants me to do today. We can focus on his will today. And he's inviting us in the moment, today, and every day of our lives, every day we are paying attention to the invitation that God has for us. Now today, we're going to talk about the voice of God, that invitation, and sometimes the question we might be asking is, okay, how do I know that what I'm hearing is of God, right? Well, you know, because we live in a world with so much noise and there's so many voices and we always hear uh, something from different people or different things. And, and we're like, okay, you know, I've got, you know, I hear this, you know, and I also hear this. Now, what is it that God wants me to do? And, and so that's what we're going to kind of accomplish today. Reality number four, truth number four, if you're seeing your handout notes, you see on the screen behind me, is that God speaks to us by the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Spirit through the Bible, prayer, the church, and our circumstances. That's how God speaks to us. Now I want you to underline those four words in that, in that phrase, by the Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit. He speaks to us by the Holy Spirit. What does it mean? Now, what does it mean, the Holy Spirit? How did God speak to us by the Holy Spirit? First of all, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the, of the, the, third person of the Trinity. Our God exists as one God in three distinct persons. God the Father, right? God the Son. And the third is God the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit of God, when you become a follower of Jesus, when you ask Jesus Christ to come into your life, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, he comes to live inside of you. He dwells within you, and you begin to have a direct 
line, direct access to God the Father. Jesus said this in John chapter 16, and then verse number 13. He said, but when he, the spirit of truth, that's the Holy Spirit, when the spirit of truth, when he comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He'll, he'll, he'll give you what you need to hear. You know, he's not going to... He's not going to shade the truth. He's going to give you the full truth. Uh, he's going to guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears from God the Father, and then he will tell you what is yet to come. God will hear your prayers because the Spirit lives within you. And we see in the first that the Holy Spirit, he guides us. Uh, he comforts us. He, 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 he points you in the right path, in the right direction of your life. So that God uses the Holy Spirit. He speaks through the Holy Spirit in our life through four different areas. Uh, I want to break these four different thoughts down real quick. So simple, but so important. And I hope that this will challenge you to help you to listen to the voice of God in your life. If you'd like to take notes, here's number one. I listen to God when I apply the Bible to my life. I listen to God when I apply the Bible to my life. Now, God speaks to us by the Holy Spirit in all these different ways. But why are we starting with the Bible? And the reason is that the Bible is the foundation for the Christian life. I have here... Uh, some of you might recognize what this is. I'll keep opening it up a little bit. And, uh, and you open it up this way. And uh, some of you millennials may not know what this is, but this is an old-fashioned compass. Okay? An old-fashioned compass. And when you look at it, it always gives you direction to your north, your true north. It helps you to guide you when you're out and about where your true north is. So when you're in the middle of a wood, in the middle of the woods, in the middle of you know, an area that you're not familiar with, you pull out your compass. And you say, okay, I know, where I'm, I know where north is, I know where south is, I know where east is, and it gives you some bearing, some direction in, your, in, your, uh, in the middle of the woods or wherever you might be. And the Bible is the compass that always points you and I to the straight path. It always points us to a true north. It never changes, by the way. When I pull out the compass, true north, it's always north. It never changes on me. And the word of God always, always, always points us in the road, in the map, in the direction that we need to live our lives. It points us to our true north as we live the Christian life. It's the standard of truth. It's our authority, the foundation I love what 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. The Bible said that all scripture is inspired by God. I'll just put your finger down for just a minute. But the word inspired in the Greek, in the original Greek, means to breathe out. So God's word is breathed out. It's the breath of God. Just like when you speak, you have to breathe out your words. The Bible is literally, literally God's spoken words. He breathed it out. He said, all scripture is inspired by God and it's useful, and it's useful in four different ways. 
It's useful to teach us what's true. It shows us our true north, right? It makes us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong. And it teaches us to do what is right. I always look at it this way. It teaches teaches what's right. It teaches what's wrong. It teaches how to make wrong right. And it teaches us how to keep right right. Four things that the scripture does, it's useful for. And in verse 17, God uses the word of God. He uses his word, his inspired word, to prepare us to equip his people to do every good work. We're invited to be a part of his work. He's using his word to speak to us, to be a part of what he's doing all around us. You can trust the Bible as a reliable guide, as a reliable guide for your life. You can use the Bible to discern and to listen to the voice of God. By the way, let me say this. It's so important. God will never tell you something through prayer, through maybe someone else, maybe a book that you read. He'll never tell you something if it contradicts God's word. In other words, if it contradicts God's word, then it's not of God. And so everything, everything, everything you listen, you should ask, hey, what does God's word say? You know, I'm hearing this voice in my head. Let me bounce it off God's word. What does God's word say? By the way, when you come to church today, you didn't come to church to hear my opinions. You didn't come to church today to hear my ideas, what I think. You came here today to hear God's word be spoken and to be spoken by God, you know, through a messenger. You know, God's using me in this moment to speak, but you're not here to hear my ideas. You're here to to see what God has to say. The Bible always points to the true north of how you live. It's the authority of how we should live by you, know, you might say, now by the way, we might not even like some of it. We're not called to cherry pick the Bible. You know, we like to do that. You know, I like this part of the Bible. I like this part of the Bible. Ooh, you know, let's avoid that chapter. God said, hey, all of his word, it's inspired by God. All of it. And we ought to take all of it in, whether you like it or not. We have to take it all in. You might say, well, you know, Scott, I prayed about it. I prayed about it, and, you know, God gave me peace that I can cheat on my taxes this year. God didn't give you peace. That was just a bad burrito that you ate last night from Taco Bell. Because the Bible teaches, you know, hey, give unto God what belongs to God. Give unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Uh, somebody said, well, you know, Scott, you know, I talked to my Christian friends about it. I know we all agree that I should just get back at my coworker because what he did to me was terrible. And that sounds great, but it's not of God. Because God teaches us to forgive. God teaches us to turn the other cheek. You might say, you know what? It, it must have been God's will because everything fell in place for my boyfriend and I, or girlfriend and I, to move in together and to live together before marriage. And it just kind of works out. I mean, God. God, it must be God's will. Uh-uh. Not God's will. 
Because in the Bible, it teaches us, you know, that we should, we should wait for that part in our marriage relationship, not before we get married. God would never lead you to do anything in your life that contradicts the word of God. Now, sometimes you'd be reading the Bible, and it seems like, man, God is just speaking at you, right? He's just like, man, you know, you're stepping on my toes, God. Man, wow, what is going on? And so, man, God, you're, you're telling me exactly what I need to hear, giving you the wisdom. And when you read it like that, man, when it happens, when it happens, that's God speaking to you. He's speaking to you by the Holy Spirit through his word. However, the hardest part about, about knowing the Bible is to actually do what it says. You know, it's one thing to get the information. It's the other thing to actually trust God to do what he, you know, to trust him in the, in the promises and what he calls us to do. I, I've said it before, maybe you've heard it. You know, the Bible is not written for your information. The Bible is written for your transformation. But we get stuck on information and we, we say, hey, I just want the information but we don't want it to transform our lives. James chapter 1, verse 22. The brother, you know, the brother, the half-brother of Jesus, he said in verse 22, he said, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. He said, if you're just reading the words, if you're just listening to the words, but you're not doing anything with it, you're fooling yourselves. That's what it's saying here. You're fooling yourselves. He said, you need to do what it says. James said you've got to follow, not just listen to the word, but you've got to do what it says. You must apply God's word to your life. So when you sit down to read the Bible, don't let it just be words on a page. But ask God, before you read your Bible, ask God, say, God, as I open your word in the next few minutes, reveal to me, what you're trying to speak. Show me what you want me to hear. If there's something in my life that I need, that I need to see, God, help me to see it. Help me, to, help me to come out of this time of my Bible doing something for you with, with, with what I've heard. And we pray and we ask God and then we listen. We pay attention as we read God's word. So that's the first thing. We listen to God when we're reading his word. We listen to the voice of God, number two, when I align my life through prayer. When I align my life through prayer. Prayer is simply talking to God and sharing with God what's on your heart and then we listen to God. The past weekend, I drive by a church uh, and I had a marquee and it sounds great. You know, it, it, it sounds great. It says, uh, Lord, listen to our prayers. That's what it says. Lord, listen to our prayers. And then it had some, uh, something about Lent. You know, Lent 2021. Lord, listen to our prayers. And I thought, you know, that's good. But really, what, what we should have written on that marquee, it said, Lord, we want to hear from you. Because the Lord is listening. The question is, are we listening? Are we listening? Now, in the Old Testament, there was a, a, a little boy, a young boy, about 11, 12 years old, uh, in fifth grade, uh, named Samuel. 
right? Maybe he's in fifth grade, fourth grade, somewhere in there, right? And, uh, and he's an intern at the temple. He's an intern under a priest named Eli. And, uh, and by the way, Eli, the high priest of Israel at the time, he's not, he's not leading his people well. In fact, he's in sin. His family's in sin. They're doing things that they shouldn't be doing. And, uh, and, and so he hadn't been disciplined yet. He had not been disciplined, but he was sinning against God. God's been trying to tell Eli to change his life, take care of his family, his household, his son, who were like his assistant pastors. They were terrible. And, uh, and they were taking a, a advantage of the ministry, they were, you know, of the, of, the, of the priesthood, you know, but they were mafia guys, you know. They were taking the money for themselves. They were, they were just living a, such a sinful life. And so one night, this little fifth grader went to bed, and, and in the middle of the night, he heard his name, Samuel. Samuel. All right, so Samuel wakes up, and he's like, what's going on? And he runs back to, you know, runs to Eli's bedroom and said, hey, you call my name? Eli's like, no, I didn't call your name. Go back to bed. Go back to bed. A little bit later on in the night, Samuel. Samuel. Eli wakes up and says, man, you know, where's that coming from? He runs back to Eli's room and says, man, I'm hearing a voice. Are you sure it's not you? He said, I know it's not me. Go back to bed, Samuel. So, third time, later on that night, Samuel's sleeping. Samuel. Samuel. So he gets back up again. He dashed, you know, right over to Eli, you know. And, uh, and this is deja vu for me and Ken because we have a little girl that's eight years old that probably about, does it about two or three times every night, you know. So, hey, you know, wake us up, you know. Wake her up. I'm sleeping, okay. I got my hearing aids out. I can't hear a thing, all right? Wait, two up, all right? So he runs into Eli's bedroom and says, hey, what, you call my name. And Eli at that moment realized, he said, oh my, oh my goodness. It's it, it God calling, Eli, you know, calling Samuel. He looked at Samuel and said, Samuel, go back to bed. And the next time you hear your name called, I want you to sit up. I want you to sit up and I want you to say, speak, Lord, for your servant. Is listening. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And so Samuel goes back to bed, and we pick up the story real quick in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 10. The Lord came and stood there, calling at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Only this time Samuel got up and he said, Speak, for your servant. Is listening. He said, Lord, I want, to, I want to hear your voice. I'm listening. And what's incredibly cool is that God in this moment spoke to Samuel. Now, here's the deal. What God was asking Samuel to do was very, very difficult. In fact, every time in the Bible that God spoke to someone, it was never easy. He never asked, he never, it was never an easy task, an easy job. I want you to think of all the time when God would speak to someone and say, hey, here's what I want you to do. Here's what you never see as a response to God in those moments. You never see them say, oh, that's easy, God, no problem. We never see that in the scripture. 
Think about all the different examples. You won't find a single time when God gave someone an assignment that was easy to do. For example, there was Noah. God went to Noah and said, Noah, I want you to build an ark. And Noah, Noah was like, man, what's an ark? <laughs> God said, hey, are you going to build this boat to about a football field and a half long? You're going to build it in the middle of nowhere. You're not going to build it by a body of water. Just build it in the backyard. I don't care. Just build it. And then after you're done building it, you're going to round up all, you're going to round up a male and female of all the living creatures. You're going to gather them up. You're going to put them in the boat. And after you get them all in the boat, I'm going to rain and get a flood. I'm going to destroy everything in the world and everything that in the world except for the ark, people in the ark. And then when it's all done, you're going to get back out and you're going to repopulate the earth. Noah's like, yeah, man, that's easy. Got it. I just thought that for lunch. <laughs> right. Right. That's pretty overwhelming. I think of Jonah. God said, Jonah, I want you to go preach a hard message to the most perverse, most wicked, most violent people. I want you to tell them they better repent or they're going to die. Yeah, God, easy. Make it happen. No. I think about Mary, the Virgin Mary, right? The Lord appeared to her. So Mary, you're going to give birth to a son even though you're unmarried and you're a virgin. Oh, by the way, the son, he's going to be, he's going to be the son of God. And, and, and Mary didn't respond, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. I can't wait to blast it on social media and tell all my friends, hashtag, hashtag blessed. <laughs> hashtag Son of God. <laughs> Hashtag humble to be the mother of the Son of God. Whatever. No, no. I mean, this was, this was not an easy deal. And every time God would speak and give someone an assignment in our scripture, it would challenge their faith. It would stretch their faith. But it was never easy to hear. It was never, ever easy to hear. And if you have the faith, the courage to pray, God, speak to me. And when God does, but I hope you know that it may convict you. His voice may challenge you. It may stretch your faith. But what I can promise you is that that voice will teach you to depend on him and to live with even a greater faith than ever before. Little Samuel, he said, God, speak. I'm listening. And unfortunately, what God didn't say to little Samuel was, hey, now that I got your attention, you know, I'm going to uh, really bless your sock off. It's going to be great. That's not what God did. God didn't say, young Samuel, you know that cute girl in your youth group? Yeah, one day you're going to marry that girl. You're going to have two kids and a dog and a picket white fence. It's going to be great. It's going to make six figures being a YouTube influencer one day in your life. It's going to be awesome. That's not what God did. In fact, what God said to him was something very difficult. As you talk about the priest, Eli, he said, Eli's been sinning. I know it. Everyone knows it. Not only has Eli been sinning, his two sons, his household, and, and, and I'm going to uh, judge his family. I'm going to judge him. I'm going to judge his nation. And Samuel, I'm going to trust you to deliver this heavy message to Eli when you wake up. 
I'm going to trust you with that. It was a burden for Eli to carry. But God trust that little boy because the little boy said, Lord, speak. I'm listening. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to ask God to speak, to listen. But oftentimes we insult God. We insult him with our prayers. We, we, we serve up God our softball prayers. Maybe even our T-ball prayers. We just kind of tee it up for God and say, God, please be with us. And God's like, you know, I promised you in the scripture that I was going to be with you. I mean, great that you pray, be with me. You know, but that's just, oh, come on, give me something bigger than that. Man, ask me for something bigger than I'll be with you. I'm going to be with you. <laughs> right? You know, give me, give me a fast bit prayer. Give me something hard. Can I want to show off my glory. I want to show off my power. I want to show you who I am. Give me some stuff. To, I want you to pray. I want you to ask me. I want you to be bold in your prayers. Be bold. Go to him in prayer. Now, here's the reality. As we pray, it's impossible to hear the voice of God if you never stop to talk to God. If you don't spend time with God, it's hard to hear his voice. If you call me, you know, you don't ever talk to me that much, but you, out of the blue, someone calls me um, from the office, and I don't have the number on my phone. And, and, and I pick it up, and, and you start talking to me like I should know who you are. I mean, I, and I know who you are, but you haven't told me who you are. You know, you start talking, yada, yada, yada. And, and probably about two minutes in the conversation, I'm going to be like, hey, man, who is this, right? And the other person will be like, well, you know, so-and-so. So, oh, hey, how's it going? And, and I feel stupid to have to do that, but, you know, give, a great, give some grace to the deaf guy here, okay? You know, now, if I were to do that to my lovely wife, you know, my wife can be like, but don't you hang out with me every day? Yeah, yeah, you know, but that's not the case. Because I hang out with my wife, by the way, she turned the big... It's okay if I say it. The big four, the big four zero yesterday. Big 40, all right. Woo. And, and when she calls, you know, I, I know her voice. I know what she sounds like. She's from Florida, Panhandle. She's got a little bit of a Southern, so I can hear that, you know. You know, but I hear her voice. I know her voice because I spend time with her. You're not going to hear God's voice if you're not spending time with him. So I listen to God when I align my life through prayer. Number three, I, align, I listen to God when I attend church regularly on a regular basis. I hear God when I'm where I'm supposed to be on Sunday. There's something that's powerful that happens when we come together as a church in a place where God speaks to us. I know we're living in a crazy time. We've got people that listen online and watching online. But you know, every person I've talked to online, I said, man, I can't wait to get back to church. And I understand where they're at. You know, we under, we've all been there. You know, everyone has to understand our situation. You know, and so several conversations in the past week. In a couple of weeks, I got my second shot. In a couple of weeks, you'll be seeing me. And we can't wait to be back. And we can't wait to see you. And we just can't wait. But there's something powerful 
you know, there's something powerful when we come together to worship. How many times have you been sitting in church and, and you hear someone say, uh, uh, maybe the, the pastor preaching or maybe someone giving a testimony, maybe it's a worship song or maybe it's in a different area of a building, maybe it's in, uh, as a volunteer or you're talking to someone one-on-one and, but you're, you're sitting in church and you're probably like, man, how did God know? How do you know what's going on in my life? Man, he, did he read my mail? You know, what's happening here? You might look at your, your, your spouse and say, you say something to him? <laughs> no. Because God knows what you need to hear. And I hate to miss a Sunday. I hate to miss a Sunday in church where I might miss what God wants to tell me on that day. There's power in being in church. I talked about this a couple of weeks ago about being engaged in church. You know, um, let me just talk about it for just a quick minute. But, um, don't, you know, if you're just coming to church, but you're not really getting into church, if you're not getting, you know, if you're just doing it to check off your to-do list, then you're missing out on what you're supposed to get out of church. Uh, by the way, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, it says, uh, in verse 24, it says, let us consider how we may spur one another onto a love and good deed, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but we should encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. So when we come to church, we, got, we, we, we don't just show up and leave. There are things that we should be doing. There are things that we should be engaged. We talk about being engaged in church. Uh, if I went to a grocery store, if I, went to, if I go to Kroger's, and I walk in the front door, and then I walk directly to my left or right, and I walk right back out. Would you say that I went shopping at Kroger's? No, I just, I just popped in, and I left. You see, if I'm going to go shopping, what do I do? I get a, I get a cart, right? I, and the deaf guy always finds the squeakiest cart in the whole store, and I don't know it. All right, queek, 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 queek. People are looking at you and say, hey, how's it going? And queek, queek. And it doesn't bother me, all right? All right, so if you ever hear the squeaky, the squeaky cart in a grocery store, that's probably me, all right? I'm walking down the aisle. You know, I, I walk down the chocolate aisle and the candy aisle and the pops and chips aisle. That's where I'm going, right? And, uh, of course, Karen always gives me the, this is what I want you to get. You know, it's like a scavenger hunt. I mean, some of you men understand what I'm talking about. You know, it's like, man, vegetable oil. Where's the vegetable oil? You're looking on the board. You don't see vegetable oil. You don't, never find what you're looking for. You know, you circle the whole door a couple of times, and finally you give up, you know, and I have to do the walk of shame because I don't want to ask. You know, I don't want to be that guy. But finally I say, okay, hey, man, I'm trying to find the vegetable oil. Can you help me? Where that's at? And the guy would be like, yeah, it's right behind you. And it's so embarrassing. It's like, oh, man. Anyway, I get the vegetable oil. I get my stuff. I go to the checkout. I, I check out pay. I bag it up. And then I leave. Would you say I went shopping? It wasn't pretty, but I went shopping, okay? I went shopping. Hey, go to church. We should be churching, too. I don't know if that's a word or not, but we should be churching. Remember, you come and get engaged. You know, see the word on the screen and sing. Even if you're not a good singer, just, you know, you know what? Just read. You know, contemplate on the word. Listen to the word of God. 
You know, connect with other people. Be engaged. Take notes. Always ask God, though. Say, God, show me what I need to hear today. What do I need to hear from the message today? What do I need to hear from someone in, in, in the church today? Show me what I need to hear today. Number four, I listen to God when I acknowledge how God speaks through my circumstances. How God speaks through my circumstances. God would use everyday circumstances of your life to speak to you. For example, uh, God's going to put someone in your life this week. Maybe someone in class, someone at work, and, and they're having the worst day of their life. And God is going to put that person in your life this week, and he's going to be telling you, and say, listen, you go to that person, pray for that person, and help that person, encourage that person. God can speak to you through those circumstances of life, even when you're not expecting it. It might be to pay for someone's meal. It might be the Holy Spirit moving you to pray for someone or to invite someone to church. But God is going to speak to you through those circumstances of life. Now, there's some cautions here that I need to share with you because sometimes the circumstances of life is unreliable. If we're not careful, if we're not careful, we, if we look at the circumstances in our lives that the number one way for God to speak to us it's possible to really misread what God is speaking to us. For example, you might say, well, God, you know, the door just opened for me. That door just opened for me. So that must be God's will for me to walk through that open door. Maybe. Maybe not. There's a lot of doors that open up that would actually take you away from God. You might say, well, God, that door closed for me. So that must be God's will for me not to go through that door. Maybe. Maybe not. Sometimes God isn't saying no to you. Sometimes he put an obstacle in front of you because God is putting it there to see if you're really committed to following him even when life gets difficult. Sometimes that closed door is in front of you and that's God's invitation for you to knock it down to knock it down, to bust through that door and to follow him, to know what he's calling you to do. I've heard people say, well, you know, I thought God wanted me to do this or to do that, but the money wasn't quite there. The money didn't show up or the time for, to make it happen didn't, didn't become available. But just because you can't see where the money is or you can't see where the time is in your schedule, it doesn't mean that, that, that God is not in it. So the general rule here, but that we need to apply Proverbs chapter 3, verse 21 to 23. Here's what it says. My son, do not let wisdom and understanding out of your sight. Preserve sound judgment. We're going to talk about that word in just a minute. Preserve sound judgment and discretion. They will be life for you and an ornament to grace your neck. Then you will go on your way in safety and your foot will not stumble. That sound judgment means common sense. Common sense. We have to use some common sense when we're looking at the circumstances of life to discern how God is speaking to us. 
He's like, okay, Scott, this is a little tricky. Let me, this is what helped me. I hope this helps you here. Circumstances are really good at confirming what you already heard from God through his word, through prayer, and through church. It's actually a great confirmation to what you're already listening, to what already God speaking to you in the other areas of your life. But if you're only relying on circumstances alone, I would say to be cautious and, and, and to take a slow step and really be, seek God in other ways before you jump into, well, you know, circumstances. And I'm hearing the voice of God possibly through that circumstance. God doesn't always allow circumstances to be the sole, only way to hear his voice. It's always found in different ways to add it to it. That makes sense? Y'all with me on that? Good. All right, so those are the four ways that we can hear God's voice. By the Holy Spirit, through, through the Bible, through prayer, through church, and through circumstances of life. I'm going to close with this. Psalm 46, verse 10. The Bible said, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Here's the key to the whole message. I gave you a lot of talking points here, but here's the key. If you want to write it down, it's not even a, a blank. But the key is this, always be listening. Be still and know that I am God. We have just got to listen. If God is speaking, we have just got to pause and to listen to his voice. And when we're listening, going to show us what he wants us to do today. He's going to show us his activities so that we can be experiencing God for all that he has for your life. One last verse, I want to close with this. John chapter 8, verse 47. Whoever belongs to God, you, hear what, you can hear what God's saying. If you belong to him, you have access, right? You have a direct line to God. Whoever belongs to God hears what God said. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. And it's impossible for you right now that the reason why you can't hear from God is because you really don't belong to God. Perhaps you're here today and you're just checking out church. You're just checking out what Jesus is all about. You don't, you don't even have a Bible and that's okay. But you're just here. You're just trying to figure it, out, figure it all out. And you're like, man, I, how, do I, how do I hear God's voice? My friend, to hear the voice of God or to have a relationship with God or to ask him to come into your life to be your Lord and Savior. And just a minute, I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that where you can ask him. He's listening to you. He's waiting for you. In fact, he's calling on you. The Bible says he's knocking on the door of your hearts. The Bible says all you simply have to do is open the door and let him in. Let him into your life. And he says, God, I need to clean up my, my heart before I can let anybody in. And I got to clean up my house before I let the Savior of the world come in. Uh-uh. The Bible said that while we were yet sinners, while you were messing up, while your place was filth, while we were living a filthy life and a sinful life, he didn't wait for us to clean up our dirty act. While we were yet sinners, 
Christ, he died for us. Don't, 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 don't feel like you've got to do anything first to allow the Savior to come in. He come in and let him do the cleanup. Let him do the changing. Let him come in your life and save your life. And then you can start hearing the voice of God. Your eyes, your spiritual eyes will be open to what God wants to show you. Our Heavenly Father, we love you and thank you for the time to preach your word today, to speak your word. God, I pray that the word of God, your living word, penetrate the hearts of all of us in here and all those who are watching us online. Perhaps there's someone here that's a man they can't, they're not hearing God's voice because they don't have a relationship with you. They're not a follower of Jesus. Today, God, maybe there's someone here today that's, you know what, I'm ready to cross the line of faith. I don't have all the answers. I don't understand it all. But I know enough to ask Jesus to come to my life. And I know he'll forgive me of my sin. And maybe there's someone here today. That's what they need to do. That's doing that step. And if that's you, the Bible says all we have to do is call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. Call on him. Not praying it through me. You can you do it right where you're at. In the quietness of your heart. You can pray a prayer. You can pray what I call the sinner's prayer. And it's not the words, it's not magical words, it's, the, it, it's more the, the, the meaning of your heart. God's looking at the heart of your heart. And you can pray a prayer that goes like this. Say, dear God, I'm a sinner and I need your salvation. I need your forgiveness. Come into my life. I'll be my Lord. I'll be my Savior. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Thank you for your resurrection on the third day. And today, I want to be a Christian. Not because of what I did, but because of what you did, Jesus. And if you're here today and says, God, I pray that prayer and I ask you to come to my heart. And I ask you to become my Lord and Savior. And I pray that prayer for the very first time. If that's you, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to have people look at you. Just me and you. Just me and you. He said, I pray that prayer. And I ask you to come to my life. If that's you, we raise your hand. Is there anybody like that in this room? He said, I pray that prayer. If you're watching online, I see a hand up here in the front. Is there anybody else? Anyone else? If you're watching online, let, let me know. Reach out to us. and say, hey, I pray that prayer. Because we want to help you. We want to help you grow. In fact, for those who, who take the next step, we have a, a Bible. We give you a, a Bible. We want to help you in your journey and your walk with God. We want, to, we want to give you the tools and the resources. Is there anybody else in this room? I said, man, I ask God, I ask Jesus to come to my life, be my Lord and Savior. Our God, we thank you for your living word. I pray that you help us to listen, to be still, and to know that you're God, to always listen to your voice through your word, through prayer, through church, through circumstances of life. God, help us to always be listened so that we can be a part of what you're doing, your work, your activity all around us, so that we can experience your life, experience what you want us to do at its fullest. In Jesus' name, 
Amen.